Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfund.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meats at stayclassymeats.com, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. That's right. Wide Men Can't Jump is back and on our usual night. This week, we're back on Wednesdays. We apologize last week for the delay, and then we apologize again because our platform was being a complete douche canoe, and we were unable to uh, to get our uh, program up on our usual platforms until, I believe, Monday morning. So if you're a little behind on last week's episode, don't be, uh, don't be down on yourself. Most people were because it didn't get recorded until Friday and then it didn't post until Monday on most sites. But we're glad you're here. We're glad you're back. We're glad we're back on our usual night. It's good to get into a routine. Uh, but joining me, as always, the man that is routine, the routine man of the greater Alberta area, the one and only Tim Dombrova. Greater Alberta area. What does that mean? <laughs> what, you, all right, all, all right. Since you don't like that intro, I got a different one. I was thinking of. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the man whose initials are TD, but he still never scores. Tim Dombrova. <laughs> Can Better? confirm. Can confirm, Nate. Can confirm. <laughs> Is that one better for you, sir? <laughs> um, well, at least it was real. It was true, I guess. So. We could have. I mean, we could have went with. We could have went with that one. I mean, if that's what you want. <laughs> um, I, I, I can get on board behind that one. I mean. Okay. All right. Well, from now on, yeah. you're the man who can't score. Sounds good. I mean, uh, I don't really, I don't really score because it just kind of falls at my feet, really. So I don't really do anything. <laughs> Well, you do host Wide Men Can't Score, so I mean, maybe yes, this is maybe this isn't well, news to our listeners. Maybe this is uh, you know, I kind think, of the status quo. I, I think you probably should check the numbers in my fan club. I got a couple of particularly the. I mean, granted, they're both married, but I got some West <laughs> Virginia. I got, I got I got some I got some West Virginia lady fans. So yeah, both of them. Yeah, well, we got and one of them's got a full set of teeth. 
Yeah, well, two and three quarters. Well, no, don't you dare talk about the lovely Mrs. Boggus and Mrs. Hoff like that. How dare you? What? Oh, I thought you were talking about somebody else. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I thought you were Not talking about that. Good, I thought you were talking about that good time we had the other day. But nevertheless, oh. never mind. Uh, those girls, those girls were from Kentucky, Nate. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. They should have known. Those are some Kentucky one, hoes. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was love when she spit out her chaw. So anyway, let's. Uh, oh Jesus. Boy, we're off old, to a rip roaring start here. Old skull, was it? <laughs> nah, she was a she was a classy bitch. It was Red Seal. <laughs> what's what's the other one? Beach isn't there a beach nut or something like that? Oh, that's uh, that's actual chewing tobacco. Che- man, chewing, oh, chewing man. Tobacco. My uh my grandpa and my uncle used to chew chewing tobacco, and if you would ever go to their house, uh, you go in. And or or it was my uncle mainly, uh, who just recently passed. Uh, he he would chew, I believe it was Red Man, chewing tobacco. That sounds familiar. Or, or not Red Man, not Red Man, Big Chief, or is either Big Chief or Red Man? Uh, I thing. don't know. Well, I've I, only uh, I got another story about you here in a second. I'll tell you. But <laughs> I've only had it once in my life, and that was as a small child when my grandfather decided it would be absolutely hilarious to give well, us a little bit of. Give us a little bit of mint chewing tobacco. It nearly killed both of us, my brother and I, but that's a story for another day. Well, um, but you would go to his house and you would just look out in the yard and there would be green grass everywhere and then like piles, little piles of, um, of just black in his yard. And I was just like, what is that? I never knew what it was. But uh, I finally figured it out. And then, um, <laughs> funny story. I used to watch a movie when I was a kid. Uh, a lot of people might be able to, to remember this one. It actually just came, it, it uh, celebrated an anniversary uh, just the other day. 27 years ago, this movie came out. The Sandlot. One of my all-time oh, yes. favorites when I was growing up. Yes, yes. Oh, did you ever watch it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I figured you did with, with your son. Can't, so. can't, can't say it's a uh, you know, cinematic classic, but I have well, seen it. Well, I mean, it's fun. It's it's a good kid movie. It's entertaining. And it's got James Earl Jones as a blind man, so that was cool. Uh, I mean, and hot damn, Wendy, Pe- hot damn Wendy Peppercorn. My God. Wendy Peppercorn, Wendy. if you're out there. Uh, you Wendy. hit me up. You inbox me over on the YBC Twitter. We'll Peppercorn. talk. I thought it was Peppercorn. Oh, I, I don't know. I thought, well, you know what? Uh, I don't bother no, this it's, now. It's, 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 uh, Wendy, pep, yeah, it's Peppercorn with Fs. I thought it was Peppercorn. I thought there was Fs. It is. Oh, you're it's, agreeing with me. Uh, yeah, yes. I'm agreeing with you. Well, and, well okay. Uh, the lovely. As long Marley as we're on the same Sh- page. The lovely Marley Shelton is her real-world name. I wonder what she's doing now. I wonder what she looks like now. She looks just fine, and she's 45 and looking good to me. Wow. So, 45 now, so that meant in two, 1993, uh, she would have been 18. Hot okay, damn. No, <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> that explains. No no time for gravity or any or the sag to take place. Yeah. She no was wonder squints in the uh, last Dwayne Johnson movie. She oh, was really? in Rampage. She was in Rampage. 
Well, not the last oh. one, but one one of the last ones. And uh, she has been on television in some show called Rise, which I, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know that either. But uh, yeah, she still she, looks great now. I looked her up. She oh, still yeah, looks yeah. great. She, she's she's fine. F I N E fine, according to uh, she is and uh, Stephen Tyler and Aerosmith. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I, I guess uh, I'll just dream on then for Wendy Peppercorn. But there yeah, still looking good, old, man. There goes my old girlfriend. Just but uh, anyway, back to where Shut we were. I'm karaoke in as pre-recorded. Oh, I've had enough of your goddamn karaoke. Trust me, uh, people that want karaoke, Bogus, you'll you'll get your damn karaoke, and you'll oh, hear. Uh, don't be. You'll hear the the greatest editing that you've ever heard on any podcast ever. Don't be mad at me that you had to sing the Taco Bell song to the theme of Hotel California. That's not my fault. <laughs> Yo quiero Taco Bell, California. <laughs> oh, what a lovely surprise. <laughs> you mean they have not throw fries? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I cannot uh... believe my... My, oh, yeah, no, that would have been real racist if I don't want to. No, let's, let's not. Armando, we love you. We're sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wasn't going at it from the Mexican angle. I was going at oh. it from the Japanese angle. Oh, no, let's not go there. We don't need any more of that. Oh, about, can I get... <laughs> Haven't the Asians caused enough trouble these days? They have caused no trouble whatsoever. It is all part of the Illuminati plan to rid the world of, of the undesirables. Well, okay. Well, hopefully they get us. Because we're pretty undesirable. Ask any woman. Indeed. But anyway, anyway, let's get back to uh, what I was talking Speak about here. The yourself. Sandlot. I was like, well, I am. Anyway, <laughs> Sandlot, I was looking at it, and uh, I watched the movie as a kid. And I always, every time I would watch the um, the scene where they go to the uh, the carnival, and they would do, they would eat the chaw. The, it was Big Chief. And, you know, they were talking about, oh, all the pros do, man, all the pros and it always fascinated me, and I was like, I wonder how that stuff tastes. Because you see other kids, uh, a little older than you, but you kind of want to want to be cool. And I was like, I wonder what that tastes like, you know. I, and my dad said, Oh, you want to try it? And I said, Yeah, Dad, I'd like to try it sometime. And he goes, Okay, we'll try it. I'll get you. I'll go get some. And a few days go by. Dad calls me out. He's outside with the, uh, I believe my mom and my sister were home and my sister's boyfriend at the time. And dad goes, all right, here you go, son. Put that in your mouth. Don't swallow. He goes, this is red man chewing tobacco. And I'm like nine, maybe, maybe a little younger. And, uh, excuse me there, but, uh, I, I'm like nine years old and, I put this stuff in my mouth, and I tell you what, this was the nastiest shit I have ever tried in my life. This stuff was disgusting, and it is burning. It is on. Yeah, I I don't know how anybody. I don't know how anybody does it with any and gets any amount of enjoyment out of it at all. I don't either. It just it hurt. I was like, this is painful. I immediately spit it out. Threw up. I didn't even swallow any. I didn't even have time to build up juice. I just spit it out and. No, and let's. However, let's not confuse it with something that is really good. Big league chew bubble gum. Oh, big. That's the big league. Because that's the shit right there. 
Are you an original guy, or do you like a, any of the flavors? Uh, well, uh, the grape is okay. I'm not much of the sour. The grape apple. is my favorite, and I, I was all about the great big league chew. Yeah, I'll leave the sour apple to the to the amateurs, but uh, I was all about the beer. I, I remember, I and mean, that's that's like uh, I think that came out in the. Um, uh, I'm gonna guess sometime in the '80s, early '80s. I'm gonna go with. It was a big part of my. We used to buy it at high school and just like two enormous amounts of it, like ridiculous sums. Yeah. You know, you got, I used to get the. Like, uh, I used to get the grape, uh, the grape kind, uh, when they had it, and I would always keep a pouch of it in my back pocket when I would play uh, when I played little league. Believe it or not, folks, as much as I don't enjoy baseball, I played and actually was an all star. Believe it or not, I did, I made the team. They used, I was seriously, I was an all yeah, a little league all star. You were like the nerd on the uh, Bad News Bears, the guy with the glasses. You, no, you were the manager. I didn't can't get glasses. And, I didn't get glasses until I was sixteen years old. Can't remember his maybe? name on the show, but uh, Big League Two came out was introduced in nineteen eighty. And okay, uh, ten years has, before me. And has sold 800 million units since 1980. Wow. That's not bad. <laughs> pretty good. Not, uh, not bad at all. Yeah, it I mean, that's an, pretty cool. But... It, it, it bears an official endorsement from the Baseball Hall of Fame. Well, it should. It's the official, uh, the official gum of the Baseball yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah, it bills itself as the Hall of Fame bubble gum. Well, can we bring up the Baseball Hall of Fame real quick? Sure. Since you brought it up. Bunch of jerks. What a what a bunch of snobs, dude! At the Baseball Hall of Fame, you want to talk about getting over yourself? My God! Like, well, okay, what do they do, uh, what, what do they do now, or just generally speaking? Are we talking just about generally? Here? They didn't do anything recently. They're just the most pompous asses. It's the bunch of sports writers that couldn't fucking cut it as an athlete, and they study the game of baseball. And they want to start throwing and pointing fingers at people and saying, oh, well, they don't deserve to get in. They took performance and took drugs. And Listen, motherfuckers. Let me, and, if you, and if you like the Baseball Hall of Fame, then you may want to tune out now because this is, this is not going to be pretty for me. The man with the all-time career home run mark is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. The man with the most hits of all time, and probably, if all considered, maybe the greatest hitter in the history of the game is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. How can you classify yourself as a Hall of Famer or as a Hall of Fame if the best people aren't in it? Well, you can. I I can at least live with the argument that guys who, who tested positive for steroids I understand why they're not there. Barry Bonds never tested positive. Barry Bonds was all read your literature, dude. He might never tested positive, but he was all over all those people said he was using. So I'm gonna. Oh go well, no, shit, he was using. I mean, clearly oh, okay. he was using. All right, but he so never tested can, positive. I can at least understand the thinking behind that one, but. My, the argument falls apart for me. Okay, it was oh well, Pete Rose. Okay, he bet on baseball. Broke the, the supposedly one of, another one of these uh, unwritten rule un, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, one of these great unwritten rules that is just you know a tragedy. Blah 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 blah. All right, fine. 
the steroid guys come along. All right, we're going to keep them out because they they uh, got caught doing steroids. All right, fine. The Houston Astros. <laughs> yeah. Cheat, cheat and win a World Series and have been doing it for years, which is not to say everybody else hasn't been doing it because they have been, but they got caught. What was they their did. punishment? What was their punishment? Nothing. Not much. Not nothing. a lot. Nothing. The, the players got nothing. Zip. Yeah. So where's the announcement that just going forward, if anybody that did play on these teams does have a Hall of Fame career, they're just letting them know they're not eligible? All right. The, the problem with all Hall of Fames is the rule. There's no set criteria because there can't be, really. It's pretty hard. It used to be, you know, if you were a pitcher, 300 wins would get you in. Yeah. Didn't matter what else. Didn't matter what else you did. Now getting 300 wins has become pretty damn tough. Guys don't play as long. Uh, the introduction of middle relievers and guys who only pitch to one batter and finishers and closers and all this stuff has really cut down on getting a W for if you're a starting pitcher. Plus, their careers don't last as long. Uh, when you were a hitter, you know, if you had 500 home runs, you were in. If you had 1,000 RBIs, you were in. If you had 3,000 hits, you were probably in, more than likely. Now those numbers, nobody seems to know if those are important or not. It's become a popularity contest and who they decide they're going to get behind to put in. Larry Walker from Canada, I mean, granted, he's a Canadian, so I got a little bit of horse in the race. His numbers were astronomical. He should have been in years ago based on numbers. Now, I'm not so sure he's really a Hall of Famer or not. I don't really know, not being a big baseball guy. But on numbers, he should have been in. Man, they come up with this nonsense of, well, he played in Colorado. So his numbers are inflated. Who gives a shit? That's like saying if you played for the Yankees, they were good, so your numbers are inflated. You know, or you you you, 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 hit, you hit behind Barry Bonds, so you got a lot more pitches to hit. So your numbers don't count. Or whatever nonsense they come up with. I don't know how you fix it, but all Hall of Fames are like that. There's people in mean, wrestling. Mean, don't even get me started on the wrestling hall of fame, but that's a total joke. Well, let's be but, honest. The wrestling hall of fame isn't really a hall of fame. It's no. more of a hall of appreciation. But the football <laughs> one, I, I'm not a, a really up on the NFL hall of fame, so I don't know who's not in there that should be. The hockey one has all kinds of guys, and it's just like, okay, why are they not in there? Who did they piss off? What writer is mad at them that they're not getting a push from the press? Do you Some think that depends. the writers? Do you think that the writers shouldn't be allowed to pick, uh, or do you think that they should change how they do it? Well, I like what they did, and I don't know. Do, they, do you have to disclose your ballot in uh, Major League Baseball? Um, I'm not 100 percent, truthfully. I know in hockey you have to show your once you vote your your ballot is made public. So if you vote anything retarded or retarded, sorry. Uh, All right, I know what you mean. Ill- ill-advised voting or if you're a homer and you just vote for the guys here from your team or whatever you have to at least face the music is okay well you know why didn't you vote for it would be it would be like in the nfl if okay uh tom brady is is eligible for the hall of fame and he doesn't get in in his first try okay well why not well i you know you could say at one time well i voted for him and you didn't really know who did and who didn't now, yeah. if you didn't, you, you would have to justify why you didn't. Okay, I hate his guts. Okay, well, that's not a good enough reason. 
to Hall of Famers. That's why, I, to me, Pete Rose is a no-brainer. He should have been in the Hall of Fame the minute he retired. He should have got I agree. Whatever, whatever rules they had for time periods and shit should have been waived for him. He should have just went right from uh, his retirement to the Hall of Fame ceremony. He's the greatest hitter who's ever played baseball, ever. And anyone that wants to argue it, bring it on, because them stats speak for themselves. Nobody else is even close. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and and Pete Rose should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. And the fact that he's not is is absurd. Um, I mean, it would just it would be silly. like you know Tom Tom Robinson not being in the Delco Hall of Fame. I mean, it would just be <laughs> absurd. I mean, well, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You got to you know, put or, Tom Robinson in the Delco Hall. I of mean, fame. you know, Bogus is going into the the Shinston Over Forty Hall of Fame. Uh, of course he is. I mean, he's the he's the first inductee. Unanimously going in. I, I was going to say he might be the guy that's the, that's the reason it gets founded. He may yeah. build it himself. He may build it himself. He might. <laughs> he might. You know, he got a hammer and nails and a full stomach. He might do it. Yeah. <laughs> so build it and they will come. Said Ed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, from what I've seen here, they don't have to actually. Uh, say who gets in and who doesn't mm. like or they don't have to show their voting i mean their vote See, like, I, I think you should i think you should have to if you think you're all that in a bag of chips as far as getting to select who goes in you should have the kahunas to back up who you're yeah for. and uh at least they finally got a unanimous hundred percenter in there because that had never happened and i'm like how how did babe ruth not, like how do you not you know well they do they do have, though, now, um, I believe the Veterans Committee is allowed to vote in one guy in baseball. So if the, yeah. writers, put a, if the writers put a snub on somebody and they, what is it, you have to get 75% to get 75%. in? 75%. Right, okay. If they snub somebody and you run out of years, the, the Veterans Committee can always throw you in there so they can, because there's, there's always somebody who wasn't very well. Like, like that might be what happens to some of those steroid guys like Sosa and McGuire and uh, Bonds and guys like that. And they should be in. I mean, God, like, stop I mean, being bitter. Uh, listen, baseball, listen, I'm going to fix baseball because baseball purists are ruining baseball. They don't want anything to change. Baseball's got to change. I'm sorry. The NBA's changed. The NFL's changed. Baseball's got to change. They need, it can't be what they, it was. It can't base, stay the same. Baseball has no personalities. None. It doesn't. It doesn't. There's nothing. No, it's boring. Yes. I'm sorry. It's you know, boring. They, they should put Bonds in and then tell them, when you give your Hall of Fame speech, just be a dick. Tear people new one. Go off on everybody. So get us some press. And then the next guy who comes along should be exact. Like, there's no... Like name a base name a baseball player. Like, like a mainstream right like name a mainstream name that if you're just a guy walking down the street who's not a baseball fan and I say that guy's name, you go, Oh yeah, isn't he that guy that plays for the whoever's? Uh I gotta big, be honest. I, I don't, don't really know a lot of baseball. I mean I mean there's I don't, the, uh, Mike Trout. Yeah, Mike a Trout's big a big name. name. Uh Armando is probably rolling over in his grave. Oh, there's a lot of people that are mad right now. I just, I don't watch it. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't watch it. And I don't keep up with it. 
We're both on Twitter all day long. We're not all Bryce day long, Harper. On, that's that's one. Bryce Harper. Okay, there's the one. Okay, but like uh, okay, for for instance, Gronkowski comes in, into wrestling. They didn't have to say who he was. Everybody knew who he was. Yeah. Whether you were a football fan or not, you knew that name. There's not an equivalent like that in Major League Baseball. There's really not. Der- I would have said maybe Derek Jeter was like that before he retired, but he's been gone for a couple of years already. Well, that was a guy. Uh, Rodriguez, some, Alex Rodriguez was A-Rod, like that. Jeter, A yeah, Rod was another one. Um, but I, if there's a guy like that right now, I don't know who he is. I'm not. I don't see names pop up on my Twitter feed where you see that. Uh, who's the guy that? There's one. Uh, I can't remember his name. He's married to Kate Upton. Oh, uh, is that Harper? Justin Verlander. Oh, Verlander. Okay. 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 So I mean, there's a guy that maybe you know he he his baseball fame is in a tiny little bit into another area of pop culture, but not like football players or, I mean, Jesus, you say the name Tom Brady, uh, housewives know who Tom Brady is. Yeah. They don't watch, they don't watch football, but they know who he is. So yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. You know, say what you want, but that's, that's part of baseball's problem. They, it's become so sterilized that nobody cares. And it's become, it's so slow. I mean, we live, in a time when information and we look at well they they well, need everything to adopt everything a, comes at us immediately uh, everything and, hits and us everybody, immediately and the younger you are the faster you want that stuff yeah and that's why baseball is slowly just slipping because it's a slow game and I'm not taking away what they do because what they do is impressive. I mean, honestly, you can't take no, away from you, the athleticism, but it is a slow, but you, boring you do, game. You do literally get this. Well, it's the top of the third, and uh, it's Nate Bush on the mound for the Washington Nationals, and uh, he adjusts his hat. Uh, he rubs the ball a bit. Uh, he looks into the catcher. Uh, he shakes off that sign. Oh, the batter has stepped out. Well, Let's go to a quick, you know, you know, and then they talk about something for 15 seconds. Okay, now he's back in the batter's box. Uh, he's digging in. He's adjusting his batting gloves. The pitcher's scratching his balls. Nobody's done anything yet for 30 seconds. And at this point, unless you're a hardcore, you're going, what the fuck is going on here? I turn well, the channel to something else. Well, the pitch clock is something that they've looked at. And a lot of the purists are like, no, 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 we can't have a pitch clock. We don't want that. And I'm like, why? What's wrong with that? <laughs> I know, I know a real quick way to fix baseball, but the purists will never go for it. But I have a way a, too. You go ahead and tell your way, and I'll tell mine. It, well, it'd be a real quick way, and and it wouldn't change the game at all, really, except for that one number, uh, two outs an inning instead of three. I mean, that's one way. I you know cut the inning or cut it down to seven innings. Like a high school game. Yeah. That, Nine that innings is too good. much, man. It's too much. Oh, but but I can um, hear it already. Seven innings will only be on TV for two hours and 36 minutes, which means we'll only get $27 billion worth of commercials into this telecast. you got to be kidding me. We yeah. want to go to 12 innings. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, here's my fix for baseball, Tim. Uh, all right. And you may have heard me say this here on the show before. What was the most exciting period for baseball that you remember, Tim? What, what in your memory when you, you know, think well, back? I'm, well, I'm pretty old. Uh, to be honest, uh, the best period of baseball ever was uh, 
Reggie Jackson and the New York Yankees against the L.A. Dodgers in the late 70s. Okay. And that was when Reggie Jackson hit the multiple home runs, right? In cor- the, uh, cor- cor- got- correct. When he hit, what was it? Mr. October. When he hit three on four pitches or four on five, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's an exciting time for you. Okay. Allow me to set, to show an exciting time from my childhood. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, the home run chase from the 90s. Baseball was doing stupid ratings. People were tuning in. They wanted to see this record get broke. They wanted to see this happen. They wanted to see this, this record fall. Okay? So what's the common denominator in all this that, that's exciting? What gets everybody pumped? Home runs. People like to see home runs. It's the most exciting play in basketball. People love a home run. Okay. Now, home runs have dropped over the years. Why have the home runs dropped over the years? The home runs have dropped over the years because now we have everybody that has decided we need to go and they've taken away the performance-enhancing drugs, which a lot of people say is, is, you know, cool. And, of course, don't forget, now pitchers are throwing harder and faster than ever and all these things. Here's what I say we do. Let's start making ballparks a little bit bigger. Let's tell the guys, hey, if you want to juice up, go for it. Go ahead. Steroids will no longer be outlawed in baseball. And we'll start seeing guys cranking home runs. We'll start seeing more of these uh home run derby type games that people tuned in for. We'll see people hitting 50 and 60 home runs every season, maybe up into seventies. You'll see the excitement return because when people were chasing records in baseball. Okay. Which is what they did the first time. You juice the ball. Or that. That's, 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 that, that was the, that's where all the home runs came from. They juiced the ball. They did it on purpose. And they could easily do it again. Hell, juice the bats. Cork them. It's not hard to do. Something. We need something doing to, it, to, to it? get this sport back to what it was. Because I used to enjoy it. I used to love tuning in and watching McGuire and Sosa battle. I used well, it to love the be, Atlanta Braves. It, it did get to be too much, though. Because the home run but became there, like the three-pointer. Always... Everybody, everybody wanted to hit one, and it was either strikeouts or home runs, and that does get boring. No, I agree. It, it does become a thing, and that's where – you need to become a player that would be like, okay, I'm not a home run hitter. I don't want to juice. I don't want to do all this, but I want to get on base. And that's where you got to start finding these utility players who can well, then get you I mean, on there's base. There's another part of baseball that used to be exciting that you rarely if ever see anymore. Nobody steals bases. That's true. Very rarely does that happen. Very, very I mean, when very, you were growing up, rarely. it probably would have been what? Well, maybe you're even not old enough for that. Even Ricky, Ricky Henderson, Henderson was. Yeah, I mean, he would get on base and steal three. <laughs> he steals second, third, and even home occasionally. He was that good. He was that I mean, good, and, and you it, well, and it changed the game. I mean, it made okay. Is he going to run? Is the pitcher going to throw over there? Are they going to pick him off? What's going to happen? Yeah. All right. Um, I'll tell you yeah. what we'll do. We're going to take a quick time out here. We got to pay some bills. And we'll be right back right after this here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Let's hear from our man, the the top of the the top of the heap, if you will, in all of this. It's our man, Stephen P. New at New Law Office. 
personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to stripcamfun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. StripCamFun, be sure to visit right now. It's StripCamFun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Again, thanks to our wonderful sponsors, the good folks at New Law Office and StripCamFun. Great people great to be involved with and they support us so you should support them because they support us and without them we wouldn't have much of a show right now would we no we wouldn't so thanks to them great sponsors as always and again you know we got off on a baseball tangent there and i i don't even that doesn't happen like ever so it's very random very weird that we talk about baseball but it's kind of what this has become nowadays with these uh the quarantine and all the updates and uh, daily life. It's just a huge, it's a huge mess right now. And this is, you know, slowly became the new normal and hopefully we can get away from this normal eventually. Um, and I know Tim, like quarantine life for you, hasn't changed a lot, but, and I'm, of course I love being at home, but again, I don't like people getting sick and, you know, things like that. So well. you know, that's why I kind of titled this. Uh, a lot of people are complaining of boredom and, I took a Happy Gilmore line here, or excuse me, a Billy Madison line. Quarantine, more like Borantine as the I mean, title this week. Let's be honest. You could be the biggest homebody in the world, which I'm not far from, but there's just nothing going on. I mean, the only thing you see is, you know, statistics and doctors and all this kind of stuff on television. There's no new TV to speak of. Uh, I've noticed there hasn't been much in the way, like even pay-per-view movies and stuff. They kind of held back on stuff because nobody seems to know how long this stuff's going to last. So they don't want to. Well, I know that uh, most movies have stopped their release dates, and a lot of uh, I, I assume a lot of movies that would release normally in stores aren't, aren't, buy aren't, aren't, aren't yeah, releasing. Aren't going to. 
Yeah, I, I just read a story yesterday about how the, the studios have rescheduled all the way back to 2022. Because they got to move. Wow. You know, they don't want, well, they don't want to put out, you know, there's certain movies they don't want to put out at certain times anyway. Yeah, so I mean, now, you want your summer blockbusters in the summer, and you want your yeah, movies that stuff like aren't going to win awards to come out in January and February right. and things like that. So, so they've rescheduled all the way back to there. Nothing is being new, no new stuff is being made right now. Everything has been ground to a halt pretty much. So who knows where it's going to go? But um, you know, we carry on. That's all you can do. Luckily, I'm a history guy, so I can watch a lot of old stuff and be happy with that. Well, I, I have watch, slowly, uh, Tim, and this is going to sound really strange to you. I have slowly fell in love with guys' grocery games on the Food Network. Good Lord, Nate Bush. It's a fun show. I mean, honestly, look, if you're a fan of the old supermarket sweep, and if you're not, there's something wrong with you, but did you ever, uh, did you ever watch that show? Did you get that in Canada, Supermarket Sweep? Yeah. Next, you'll be telling me that you want to watch Bowling for Dollars. I don't know what that is, but... (laughs) (laughs) It was a show where they literally, there would be a trivia question, and you phoned in, and if you got the right answer, then the guy would bowl, and you would get a cash prize in relation to however good a bowling shot he made. Well, couldn't he kind of throw that... I don't trust that man. Well, you did, I mean, he didn't know who he was bowling for. He was just a guy who was there bowling. It was it was a local TV show. It was horrible. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was, okay. It was, it was horrific. You know, it I've never heard tonight. of it. It'd be like, you know, tonight's uh, feature lane is lane six. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> anyway, you know, any, anyway. Uh, lane our, six. Yeah, <laughs> our feature lane is lane six. And uh, tonight's question is, uh, you know, what uh, – what happened on December whatever of 1941? Somebody December 7th. Yeah, somebody phone in and say Pearl Harbor, and they'd go correct, and then they'd move to lane seven, and whoever was bowling would throw the ball, and, oh, that's a sell. Oh, that's a, you know, whatever, a, a split or a spare or whatever. And I asked $50 for a spare. Yeah, congratulations, uh, you know, Bill Smith from downtown Logan. And that was it. Wow. Well, there you well, go. Welcome to Canadiana, my friend. <laughs> but did, did you not have Supermarket Suite? Did you have that show? Uh, I don't know that it was on TV. I know what it is, but I, I don't okay. know it was on TV. I always liked it as a kid. Me and my family always enjoyed it. We'd watch it and, and tune in. But uh, Guy's Grocery Games, for those that aren't in the know, Guy Fieri, who I, I've really kind of grown to like old Guy Fieri. Uh, he's Guy a cool Fieri's guy. A, he's a putz. I'll say what you will. I I kind of like him, but uh, Guy Fieri, yeah. he's in a, uh, in a in a platonic sense, or you kind of like him. Well, uh, blonde isn't really my thing, but yeah, Guy uh, Guy Fieri, he's got the show with where he gets these chefs from all over the all over the world to come in, and they compete in these games where they have to like you know I, there's just different ones where he makes it hard on them and they have to cook certain uh, a certain dish and. Each round, they eliminate one until there's only one chef remaining, and then that chef gets to go on a shopping spree where they can win up to $20,000. And It's a fun show. I really enjoy the show. I mean, and, if uh, you're going to go for a show about eating or food, 
you got to do man. What is what was it? Man against food. Is that the one? Man versus the food. Now I yeah, love the show. I loved that show. I did. I loved that show when it had Adam Richman on it. That's the new guy. Man. Yeah, you can keep. Yeah, no, he's a nerd. But uh, yeah, I don't like uh, him. But Adam Richman's I mean, Man versus Food was awesome. When I looked at him, I would go, okay, not only is this guy going to eat the food, he's going to enjoy it, and he's going to die trying. And he did. <laughs> and he almost did. <laughs> Just about. He, yeah. it wasn't far but, from it, but I mean. I, I remember watching an episode food. where he did a challenge. It was the, uh, I think it was called the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse Burgers. And they were just regular burgers, but they were hotter than shit. And I was like, man, that looks good because I don't, I like spicy food. I do. I'm a fan of spicy food. Um, but he would always do these spicy challenges. And the one that killed me was the one he did where he only took, he ate one wing and he had to quit. I was like, oh God, I can't imagine. Cause he normally did well on the spicy challenges, but that one he did, he just didn't. It was bad. Like he just got destroyed during, uh, during his challenge with, um, with that that one, I don't remember what it was, but it was I mean, it was he, a terrible beating. I mean, and he did that shit for a long time too. It wasn't just it was great you know, show, like he was, man. Like that, he was on it for a year or two. I mean, he must. I shudder to think like what his cholesterol count was at the end of that show. Well, he said he had. You know, that's why he left the show, and then he started doing Man versus Food Nation. It just, man, it just never was the same. It was like you know, Adam Adam Richman had a thing. He had a vibe. That made the show cool, and I don't know. It just seemed like he got. Of course, he was doing it for his health, but whoever they got to take his place, I don't even know the guy. I don't want to know the guy. Uh, I've tried to watch a couple episodes, and I'm just like, nah, Un- not the same man. Unnamed nerd, he shall be. <laughs> I'm just just not a fan of that guy. Uh, but Adam Richman, dude, you're the man. You're you're good with the wide men. You can you can come on this show anytime you want. Um. Casey Webb is the guy that took Adam's place. Uh, Adam Richmond did. How many seasons did Adam do? Four. I'm checking it out here. Four. Was it just four? Yeah. That's a lot of. And then he did. If you want to count five, he did Man vs. Food Nation, which he didn't do the eating. Um, he said, "Okay, okay, yeah, you are counting that one. Okay, so he did four. So he did three seasons and there was, of the eating, uh, and now and there was uh, roughly twenty-five episodes a, a, a year. So that's a hundred times that he stuffed food, like way past the point of being healthy or safe. Oh yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I mean, oh man, what a what a guy! Uh, over the first season, the final record wound up eleven wins for man, seven wins for food. During the second season, not counting the live episode, which Adam won, the final second season tally was 13 wins for man, 7 for food. And the final tally after season 3 was 12 wins for man and 8 for food. So, Adam, first three seasons, 62% uh, winning percentage. Not bad. Okay, uh, I mean, and check out some of this stuff. Um, he, he defeated the Big Texan Challenge, a four-and-a-half-pound steak. That, that's that's insane. Then he couldn't do the Sasquatch burger, a seven and a half pound hamburger. Good who God! Who could? I mean, who the fuck could? Jeez, <laughs> well, I can't even do I that. I hear Ed Bogus is uh, warming up his hammy, stretching his hammies right now. 
Bogus. You know we you know what we need? We need food versus bogus. That's How about what we, we call need. It bogus versus the bistro. <laughs> uh I mean he then he, the, he then hey, here we go, here we go. Instead of the instead of the, the kitchen sink, it's the Shinston sink. Ed Bogus. He, I mean, he then ate a two and a half pound Dagwood sandwich. Oh, and I love a, a good Dagwood. Okay, but and a pound of French fries. A pound. That's where dude. they get you. That's where they get you is the fries. You see these challenges and they're like, oh, I can do that. And then they're like, oh, yes. And on the side, a pound of fries. Okay. And he was bastards. He was then, then he really wussed out. He was defeated by an 11 pound pizza. <laughs> what a what a pansy. And a 12-pound hamburger. Uh, he then, though, he w- did go on to eat 15 dozen oysters. Good Lord. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's insane. Uh, he couldn't do the uh, 12-egg omelet. He failed at that one. Okay, here's one that you you really have to have a stomach for this. Ounce glass milkshakes. I could I could do it. Fifteen. I I could do it. I'm telling you, my ability to drink milkshakes is ridiculous. How about seventeen hot dogs topped with mustard and chili? That I couldn't do. Well, he, he did <laughs> do that one. Milkshakes he, I could do. If if you give me time to train, I could do milkshakes, no problem. Because my milkshakes, uh, they bring the boys to the yard. That's all I can tell you. He, oh man, two gallons of ice cream. Oh good lord! I like ice cream, but not two gallons. I, I would I would give that one a run for its money. Good I love I dude. I love ice cream. Like now, that's my weakness. If you give me a chance to train and build up my dairy tolerance a little bit, yeah, that's no problem. I do know that Tom Robinson could do the five pound ultimate cheesesteak challenge. I, I probably could too. <laughs> that's a lot of food, boy. There was one he did. Um, it was I don't remember what season it was on. They went to Alaska, which I thought was interesting. And uh, before he did the challenge, he went to this little restaurant where they had these burgers, and there were like six beef patties on the burgers, and they had six <laughs> slices of American cheese, and then on one of them, and then six slices of white American cheese on the other. Then they put a pound or six slices of bacon on each and then a pound of ham on top of each of them. I said, my God. (laughs) Some of these are just insane. He ate in Tucson, Arizona. He ate the Oh My God burger. 12 patties with 12 slices of cheese. God. That's insane. That's a lot of food. That is just a lot of food, man. I mean, I like hamburgers, but Okay, here was the the challenge he did in Alaska. This was the actual challenge. The one that I just told you about was not the challenge. This is called Humpty's Kodiak Arrest Food Challenge, on, as seen on Man vs. Food. Seven crab nuggets, 14 inches of reindeer sausage, four pounds of Alaskan king crab, the side dishes, our famous wild berry crisp ice cream. Whoo! <laughs> I mean, if you just Ooh. had to eat... Like, and there's no, and if there's no time limit, of course, you know, if you had to eat like four pounds of something and it was just four pounds of something, 
you might be able to do that. But then they get you with uh, sides or, or uh, garnish or whatever it is, and that's what kills you. Yeah. Well, he did it, though. Adam beat it. So that's because uh, I watched him do it, and I watched it happen. He he beat the he beat the challenge, and that was uh, that seems like a lot to me, but man, it, it can be done. Well, I mean, I guess it's like anything else. You, you, I mean, you look at some of those like the, the Nathan's guys when they eat, you know, fifty some hot dogs, and it's just like, where in the hell do you those, put that? Those guys are ridiculous. Yeah, and they're all gonna they're all gonna die of heart attacks at some point. Joey Chestnut and those guys. Yeah, there's no way. Do you Unless tune in wait. for the Nathan? Do, do you watch the hot dog eating contest every I year? I have uh, not every year, but I have watched it. I mean, it's it's rather almost kind of gets kind of hard to watch when these poor guys are ramming these things. Into their I watch it every year, and I love it. Look, I just can't get I mean, enough of it. I mean, well, I couldn't watch it again after you know after Pobans wasn't in it anymore. I couldn't watch it. Well, he, you know, they retired. They retired his uh, hot dog bun. So, you know how it is. Bruce the Hammer. I ate some ridiculous amount and didn't win. But yeah, I don't know. Like, there's some. I mean, I, I I like to eat. Don't get me wrong, but I also like to enjoy my food and ram it in there as fast as you can. Is that's there's no fun in that at all. That's yeah, horrible. especially with no like when, and I'm not even a big hot dog fan personally. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't mind them, but I mean, I, I mean, if I, all right, all right, all right, me. hold on here, hold on here. Whenever we're talking hot dogs, what's your go-to on your hot dogs? If you had to, if you were making the perfect Tim Dombrova hot dog, what would you put on it? Well, I gotta admit, I'm pretty much, I'm, I'm pretty simple there. I, a little bit of ketchup and relish, and that's about it. Okay. Some sometimes mustard, depending. I mean, I, I'm not against the chili dog, but that starts to get to be kind of messy and a little more work, depending on what kind of a hot dog. It depends on what kind of hot dogs and what kind of buns we're talking about, because that does matter. Okay, then what's your go-to for the hot dog and buns? Well, you know, like I mean, when you're talking about like a regular hot dog, they're not normally that big. So yeah, no. some topping. So you know, so okay, so you can get some topping going on there. Some chili on there is not so bad. If yeah. you're eating uh, more of a sausage kind of a thing, then you don't really need a whole lot more because it's those are big and you usually break the damn buns because they're bigger than the buns. <laughs> well, see, when I go the hot dog route and we're just having hot dogs, um, I'm a chili and I am extremely extremely particular about my mustard that i put because i'm not a big mustard fan like i don't just eat mustard however and we're not getting paid to say this jim ross's main event mustard it's a oh, honey jalapeno honey mustard no me hey you, you blow me fucking, you fucking mark you good lord hey, you call it what it is that jalapeno honey mustard is fan fucking tastic it is the best mustard to go on a hot dog with my mom's homemade chili. Okay, so well, that that's may the best. Be. I, I don't have access to your mom's homemade chili, so I can't argue well, that. You're missing only, out. There is only one mustard in the world, and that's French's mustard, and that's all you need. JR's jalapeno honey mustard is fan flipping tastic. Fuck Jim Ross right in his fuck you in his fucking crooked bitch face. Fuck him. Well, goddamn, man, I had Bell's palsy. Well, I don't even care about the Bell's palsy. I wasn't even. He just got a crooked head. 
Period. Well, that don't make no sense. It doesn't need to. <laughs> but yeah, if I had to choose, you down there sounded it. like him there. Well, I don't make no sense. <laughs> Sassafras. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> I stole that from Pritchard. But uh, <laughs> one thing I, I, I will tell you is um, when it comes to eating a hot dog, man, there ain't nothing better than a beer-battered brat, man. That's uh, – so, Well, what you really need, and you I don't know if you have access to it, you need homemade hot dog buns. Uh, no, I don't, think, uh, I don't think we have that here. That's That's the way to go. And to be honest, homemade hot dogs that are like real meat, not lips and assholes. Well, uh, we usually go with the uh, just you know regular hot dog. See, we don't eat a lot of hot dogs here. I'm just not crazy about them. Oh, damn paparazzi! Oh, there they go again. They're calling in. Oh, they're checking to make sure I'm social distancing. Yeah. Pardon. <laughs> I worked it right into the show. Well, I'm talking. I'm on the on the air right now. You got anything you want to say? <laughs> or are you going to hang up? Hi, Matt. Nate says hello. Did you hear that, Nate? No. Okay, say it again. Hello, mister. Hey, I heard you. Yeah, I had to put it up against the microphone. I got headphones on, so... Yeah, he heard you that time. What did you do that he didn't reply to? I did, too, reply to his ass. He says he did reply to your ass. I don't know what the hell you two guys got some kind of, like, love affair going on or what? Maybe. There, I just replied. Yeah, he says he just replied now, so he didn't reply to Liar. I, I laughed at it. You can, I mean, if there's one thing I've learned... You just cannot trust a guy from Logan. You just can't. Well, you're not wrong, Lee. But anyway, okay. Well, I'll I'll call him when I'm done. All right. All right. Sorry for that. <laughs> sorry for that real world interruption. No, fine. Not a problem. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was that was that was that was little D. Ah, little we got, D. We got little T. Well, I mean, he don't like that nickname. <laughs> <laughs> he's got all he has to do is uh, whip it out and he can dispel that rumor real quick <laughs> uh you can write you can write your letter write your names in the snow and braille huh? this is this, uh, this is no this is no word of a lie Nate. I, I don't make this up when he was born the doctor said oh it's a boy and he stopped for a minute and he looked right at me and he got a big smile on his, on his face and he says and what a boy <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding. Uh, I wish I hadn't played the strip cam fun commercial. This would be a perfect yeah, time I, to go for it. And I, I kind of looked at him, and he looked at me, and he gave me like, and he's like giving me size, and he's got his thumb up. And this is when the <laughs> kid was born. <laughs> Jeez, Matt, I oh. hope you're listening. I really oh, that, do. Oh, he's he's heard the story. That that boy's. Uh, He's packing heat. I, I just don't know what else to say. Well, ladies, he's single, so hit him up. And it uh, apparently, it apparently skips generations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
idiot. Because <laughs> not packing heat. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, back to our man TD, who's not scoring. But <laughs> I mean, I mean that boy's a scud missile, just walking around. He needs a tripod to like sit down. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, speaking anyway. of ridiculous. We've made it to a part of the show that I know a lot of you have been looking forward to after we teased it at the top of the show. Um, and ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Don't tease it, Nate. That thing bites. Oh, uh, well. Ladies and gentlemen, we received this update today. Our man, Rusty Shackelford, who's working from home, uh, sent this in. And it's good not to see his face. He's working from home. He sent this to us. And I just got to, we got to play it here. The good people, even during this, this time of, of sadness and this time of, of staying home and social distancing and quarantining and avoiding others, Delco Records is at it again. God, those people are the greatest. Yes. And we also want to tip our hats to the theme song of La Parca for helping us out during this as well. Well, you'll 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 see where that theme comes in. So without any further ado, the newest offering from Delco Records, ladies and gentlemen, take a listen. Are you sitting at home right now bored out of your mind after five weeks of social distancing and isolation in your home? Are you contemplating perhaps doing bodily harm to your children and our spouse. If you are, we here at Delco Records have got the solution for you. We have been hard at work putting our artists to the test to come up with these great cover songs from the past. Let's see if you know any of them. We're going to start off with that big, big uh, West Virginia recording artist, Ed Diandro Bogus, in his rendition. Rendition. <laughs> I've been isolated for too long. Rendition of that classic Johnny Cash hit. See if you know it. I keep my pants up with a piece of twine. I keep a close watch on my waistline. I feel like I'm getting more sexy all the time. Hey, Whitney, if you're mine, just pull the twine. We, of course, here at Delco Records never stop working. We're hard at work on some other great classics. See if you know this snippet from a great Toto hit from the late 70s. Supersized! Can I get extra french fries? Supersized! It's going straight to my thighs! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, that was pretty good, Nate Bush. I didn't know you had such an angelic voice. Anyway, uh, not to be outdone, Tom Robinson, hard at work on this classic uh, remake of a, uh, I believe, kind of a one-hit wonder from the 80s, I think. Uh, Tony Basil, see if you know it. Oh, Billy, you're so fine. Ran for mayor that one time. Chickalini. You weenie. Oh, Billy, you're a runt. Tom says you're a cunt. You weenie. Chickalini. Oh, that one was a little personal, but you'll have to look up uh, Billy Chickalini if you don't know who that is, and then that might become clear. But 
sure somewhere about Dragon Delco are dying right now. And then, this one just in. Just handed over to us for uh, engineering here at Delco Records. Thank you, West Virginia people are going to uh, some dig this. You got a little touch of uh, Canada in it. So, uh, anyway, uh, let's run the tape. I was a spoiled child. I lied my life away. Didn't really want a job. Became a politician anyway. Well, I said, any gun's a good gun. So they voted with, didn't use their hands. Then I got in front of my TV and said, Ooh, I don't know nothing yet. Oh, uh, uh, West Virginia, I don't know nothing yet. Oh, wait, I had something, damn, I forget. Oh, West Virginia, I don't know nothing yet. Oh, man. I think there could be a possible lawsuit there coming from the governor, but that was pretty classic. Uh, so anyway, if you're bored from the pandemic and uh, you don't know what to do with yourself, getting tired of watching uh, reruns of uh, 1978 Cardinals baseball on the Superstation versus the Braves, uh, 6.05. So the game's never started until 6.15 or 6.20, but anyway. Um, <laughs> get a hold of us here at Wide Men Can't Jump, uh, courtesy of, uh, well, huh, uh, I just butchered that. Get a hold of us at Delco Records, courtesy of our good friends here at Wide Men Can't Jump. And we'll hook you up with a uh, eight track of uh, the greatest hits of the pandemic. Of course, the eight track there uh, making you feel like back in the day during that uh, 1918 Spanish influenza thing that uh, nobody got all that excited about. Doing, uh, but anyway, remember, people, music. Hey, don't care what ails you, and if not, you'll know, get a good laugh. So anyway, Delco Records. Well, there you have it. I want to hear the finished version of Jim Justice singing uh, I Don't Know Nothing Yet. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, from what I heard, Jim Justice spent a lot of time in the studio fixing that damn song, but <laughs> that's just a rumor. Because any gun's a good gun. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. I, I think, you know, I think the, the governor should issue a challenge to uh, Don Blankenship, and he can sing China Groove. <laughs> China People Grove? <laughs> <laughs> oh, those magnificent Doobie Brothers. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. God damn it. We apologize to the Asian community. I do not apologize for anything. I'm Canadian and above reproach. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Let's go ahead and take a quick time out and hear from our good friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC and support them during this time of uh, uncertainty in the world. Support Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC and small business. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! 
say they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. And thanks to our sponsors at Stay Classy Meats as well. Uh, just had some Stay Classy Meats pork chops the other night. My God, were they good. Fantastic. The good people at Stay Classy Meats, as are our friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Good stuff. Sure. Tim, are you with me? I'm here. <laughs> Canada declined to comment on things they don't have, so... Well, let's go ahead and let's talk about Dark Side of the Ring, shall we? The new series that's on Vice TV, if you watch Vice, uh, if you have that channel. But uh, it Dark Side of the Ring, fantastic programming, in my opinion. Uh, what, what says you, Tim? You, How many of well, the Dark Side of the Rings have you watched? I've all of them. All of them, okay. I have seen all of them at this point now. I, I caught up. So, well done. Um, informative. Uh, no real uh, slant one way or the other, which is nice. You know, you don't get to see that too often. Um, the last one, though, annoyed me greatly. And why is that, Tim? Well, let's just say, uh, full disclosure, Jim Cornette annoys me uh, more and more, but Vince Russo is a, a whiny bitch. I don't know how else to put it. And I can't understand uh, a guy who claims to be so heavy into uh, Jesus. He, he, he can't understand why Cornette wants to beat the living daylights out of him. But he got his jollies out of watching a man get knocked out just because he didn't yeah. like what he, what he said in the dressing room. And I couldn't quite understand why he couldn't equate these two things. Yeah, and Cornette even said, there's a reason why you... Let me think of the way to put it. He said, there's a reason why you you act the way you do. He goes, 
you're saying, oh, it's just wrestling, it's just wrestling. But here you cost all these guys their careers, and they got seriously injured, and you end up with making this whole tournament because one guy said something in the locker room. What, what, what pisses me off even more about that is Russo does all this great point of always just telling everybody, I'm just a writer. I, I didn't care about anything else. I was just there to write. And yet he's always seems to be on the peripheral, sticking his nose in. Like, what was he ever doing in the dressing room if he was just a writer? Why was well, I mean, writers do have, do have access to the dressing room to talk to talent. Well, I'm sure they that do, nature, but at the but same time, you're a writer. Why do you even care? You shouldn't. Like, like I said, I mean, he I, just really strikes me as a kind of a kind of a dick. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, he's just that guy. He's that guy that wants to take credit for everything good and then push everything bad off on everyone else. Because I, mean, look, I, I don't know. Did you catch this on the episode last night? He was. Uh, happy and happy enough to say, well, we started the idea and Vince could have stopped it at any time, but he chose not to take credit for your bad idea, dude. It was bad. And he's like, oh, and he even turned it on watching it. And he was like, I'm thoroughly entertained right yeah, now. Well, this is interesting. I mean, you look like, at that dude, thing. the brawl for all was awful. You know what? Mate? Yeah, let me, let me it, throw this out there. It's just one sad. thing that makes, one thing that makes tough man contests and things like that fun is these are guys that we know can't fight. And these are like local yokels that we like to go see and guys that, you know, we go watch and sometimes they get drunk and they fight and that makes it even more fun. Even though Godfather was getting high, but you know, that's about as shocking as me having a cheeseburger. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, <laughs> that was, that was good. it's just like, what's well, <laughs> true. Really that really painted a picture for me. As long as it painted you a picture, I'm glad. <laughs> oh, it, it, but it, at it. the same time, it's like it's, it's like these are guys that we're supposed to take seriously in some way, shape, or form that they're badasses. These guys did not look like badasses. They look well, bad. I mean, first of all, you've got them doing something that none of them are, do. I mean, yeah, they made exactly. a point. Of, they made a point of saying that there's a big difference between going into the bar and, and smacking a guy in the teeth and throwing him out the front door as opposed to whatever the hell they called that. I don't know. I mean, they tried to pass it off as boxing, kind of, and kind of MMA, but it wasn't really either of those things. It was bad what it was. is what it was. It was, it was, it was professional. It, this is like taking a ballet dancer and throwing them out into the middle of one of those stupid Array. You know, street. Yeah, or not even that. <laughs> Take, taking a trained ballet dancer and having them spin on their head. Now tonight we're going to ask him to do a spin a Rooney. Yeah, tonight we're going to have Mikhail Baryshnikov versus Paula Abdul in a straight up. One. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you yeah. called it. I like how you called it a straight up. Oh, That's pretty good. There you, there That's you pretty go. good. Uh-huh. There you yeah, go. I, I caught you. that. I, I caught you. what you were doing there. But I mean, the good. worst part—the worst part of it—is at least I mean, you could argue uh, if uh, whether something's a good or bad idea. Uh, you could argue it's a good idea if it was successful. This thing wasn't successful either. No. The guy who, the guy who won didn't get over. Uh, they killed uh, Dr. Death. Complete and total waste of time. They ruined that. I mean, he was done. I don't know that he wrestled much after that. They anyway, destroyed uh, Brad. Well, they, they had destroyed Bradshaw's 
uh, reputation of being a badass from Texas. I mean, I mean he, he he was the only one who went on to do anything after that point. Yeah, Bradshaw. Uh, I mean, Godfather. He was a tough Not guy. Not really. No, I but mean, I mean, they, career they, career wise, they didn't. None eh, of them did anything. Godfather won the Intercontinental Title after okay, that, but big, at that time, hell, I think May Young's hand won the Intercontinental Title. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he it was, but it had nothing to do with that whole event. Yeah, no, no, no. The Brawl for All helped no one. It didn't help ratings. It didn't help sponsors. And, and then Butterbean came in and just fucked Bart Gunn's world up. <laughs> Like, good there Lord. again, like, why were, like, who, I mean, I guess ultimately you've got to lay it at the doorstep of Vinny, of uh, Vince McMahon, I guess. I mean, everything goes through and you have to. But, but you know, just because, you know, who got the bright idea? Of, I mean, okay, I understand the idea from a marketing point of view. But who wasn't thinking that, okay, all right, Bart Gunn managed to knock out three guys who aren't boxers. And he didn't do it like, you know, he didn't look like Sugar Ray Leonard when he was doing it. No. So what, so, all right. So whatever made them think that if they sent him to boxing lessons for a couple of weeks, that he was going to be able to hang with a guy who was quite literally known as being able to punch sides of beef into stupidity. Right? Yeah. I mean, Butterbean, Butterbean, not, butter not the greatest technical boxer either. But could didn't have to like be. A, no, but could hit like a bull elephant. So why would you ever put a guy in there? Like, did they, were they that mad at him that they didn't care if he got knocked silly? I, I think they were. I really do. Like, that's kind of, and Butterbean even said, you know, Vince kind of halfway smiled at me when I went out. It's like he knew. He knew what was about to happen, and he wanted it to happen. Even though they said, you know, oh, no hard feelings, pal. And, you know, but yeah, well, I, it like, really felt like he, it, but like he said, as soon as they told me that, I really knew I had heat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it was a, let's be honest, let's call it what it is. Whether you like Vince Russo, whether you hate Vince Russo is irrelevant. That thing was a clusterfuck from the word go. It had no business being any part of wrestling. It was, yeah, it was stupid. Bad. Guys got hurt. Uh, guys got hurt bad. Careers got ended. They lost money. They lost uh, even more money. Who who knows? Like who who really knows what if, if Doctor Death wins that thing? Let's say let's say they rig it a little bit more than what they did for results okay. wise that they okay. rig it. And and Steve Williams, uh, we get Doctor Death versus Stone Cold. Okay. Okay. Well, what does that draw? I mean, I think it draws because I think I mean, it draws. But- yeah. Well, exactly. I think it draws awful well. But they never got a penny of that money, did they? Nothing. No, not a not a dime. Not a dime. And not and on top and then dime. on top of it, because he didn't win, and they didn't and then they didn't know what to do. What did they end up doing? Like in the timeline, who did he end up facing when when it wasn't Bart Gunn? Because they obviously didn't want to go down that road. I don't know why they, if they were mad if they were mad at Bart Gunn, why didn't they just beat him to Stone Cold and let him like beat the piss out of him in two minutes? They didn't want to give him a main event spot. So then, why that's in the hell the did only... they have him in the tournament? Why the hell did they? Then why didn't they rig the tournament? Then I mean, that's just retarded. Because they all thought Doctor Death was badass enough to take care of it, and apparently he was. Uh, 
Well, I mean, particularly. Well, I'm not saying he's not a badass because he is a badass, and I'm not taking anything away from him. But once he he tore his hand. Now, I've watched that man. I've watched that fight. I've watched the the fight between Doctor Death and uh, and Bart Gunn before, and I went back and watched it recently. Doctor Death was about to win that fight. He got knocked out in the last round with ten seconds left. If Bart doesn't hit that hail mary left hand, Doctor Death wins. So well, again, there's some, but there's some debate about that too because wasn't wasn't there another match where like was it was it draws and JBL that was kind of rigged? Yeah, they thought yeah. draws might have won, and yeah. So, I mean, that's another case too where you know they're they're talking to Pritchard and guys like that, and let's be honest, I'm I'm not saying yay or nay about Bruce Pritchard, but he's a company guy. If there was any bullshit going on there, he's not going to say. I don't think there was. I think you had inexperienced you, judges. You don't. You don't. You don't think that the seating, that the pairings were rigged. Oh, I think they were a little bit. I think the Bart Gun uh, Bob Holly pairing Bob was Holly, definitely I rigged. Mean, okay, <laughs> I think that so, was rigged a hundred percent. But that's but that's my point is if they're willing to rig part of it, who knows what might have been rigged between? Like they always say, well, when I was there, nothing was ever said. Well, okay, well that doesn't mean anything. If Vince decided to do it, he didn't necessarily have to tell anybody, and he could have just done it. Yeah, that. You know, I mean, that's true too. Vince never had know, to. No, I mean he didn't clear anything with anybody. I mean, if he decided to, okay, uh, you know, if this thing is kind of close, just make make sure this guy don't win. I mean, and that's all they had to do with the Steve Williams thing too. They could. I mean, we know that they've fucked with the time during Royal Rumbles and all this kind of stuff. There's ways to do it without getting, without making it obvious. Yeah. If you, there you know, is. if you want to, you know, if you want to get a certain guy to win, even if the competition is still somewhat on the up and up. That's it. I just, Vince Russo, just, I just like, dude, just admit that it was a stupid idea. Can you just do that? How, why, he will you, never admit that anything that is his idea is stupid, even when it's claims, staring him right in the face. He he claims he doesn't care. Wrestling means nothing to him. He'd rather talk about anything but, and yet he continues to talk about wrestling. Yep. So go for Every it. time. So go, go figure. Jerk. I never liked him much before, but that he comes across as being a very whiny bitch in that thing. Oh, yeah. Well, let me. Speaking of guys that we don't like, and we may come back to Dark Side of the Ring here in a minute. Um, I don't know if you saw this. I shared it in the Wide Men Can't Jump group. And if you haven't been in the Wide Men Can't Jump group, always some good, good, interesting reads in there. And again, we're on pro wrestling a little bit right here, so this is something that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to bring up here that I read. All right, this is uh, reporting. From Dirt Sheet Radio. Tim, are you with me still? I may have lost Tim. So, let me see. I think I did. I think I've lost Tim. Well, wait till we get Tim back here before I break down this, uh, what happened here uh, from Dirt Sheet Radio. I think Tim had a little bit of a technical difficulty. We'll get him back in just a second, and we will continue on here because I want him to hear this. He may have read it already. But I do want to get him uh, to to be able to hear this as we and and to discuss it because this is something that we need to discuss, I believe. And if you're a wrestling fan, stick around. This is some stuff that we need to talk about for sure. Because um, to me, this this is bothersome to me. Maybe that's just I mean, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm I don't know, kind of 
I, I just don't know. I mean, we had WrestleMania this past weekend, and of course, if you want to hear my comments on that, head on over to the In This Ring podcast with Joe Pisapia, where I'm the co-host. Uh, me and Joe talk wrestling, and we talk a lot about WrestleMania this weekend, over an hour on just WrestleMania and the Raw after. Also, if you're a Patreon, I just uploaded a couple of Patreon shows the other day for you. Promised I'd get you some Patreon content up, and I have delivered. Sorry for the delay. Hope everyone who is a patron is enjoying their experience. We got some uh, some Patreon episodes up, so head on over to patreon.com slash jump and check it out. We got some good stuff over there for you on patreon.com. Go check it out. Tim, are you back with me? I am. I don't know what happened there. The call dropped for some reason. It's okay. It's okay. Here's what I wanted to bring up. And no, I was waiting on you it. to come back. This is the Source's Dirt Sheet Radio. Goldberg is officially gone from the WWE. Backstage news on his universal title reign. According to WrestleZone, the original plan for the winner of the Bray Wyatt-Goldberg match at WWE Super Showdown wasn't always as set in stone as some would believe. Goldberg going over was a last-minute decision, apparently because Goldberg didn't want to risk damaging his... It was noted that Goldberg bargained for creative control and pushed for the title win because The Fiend was a monster and the younger fans needed to see him come out victorious or it would ruin his character. Goldberg has been open in the past about believing kids saw him as a superhero and he felt keeping the mystique alive was critical this time around as well. Furthermore, it was explained that Bray eventually agreed to put him over, which might have gained him some more favor with the locker room. As far as when we could see Goldberg back in the WWE ring, that might not happen for a long time, if at all. Let's hope. WrestleTalk is reporting Goldberg's final appearance and match under his current deal was for WrestleMania, which is why he dropped the Universal Championship to Braun Strowman. It's noted Goldberg had no intention of adding more dates to his deal, so it was clear that whomever replaced Roman Reigns in the match was leaving as the champion. While it looks like Goldberg might not be looking to make more appearances on his end, it's also noted that Goldberg pushing for a creative change in Saudi Arabia might be a reason for WWE not rushing to get him back for more appearances either. So there you go. What's your thoughts on Goldberg pushing for the win because he needs to be seen as a superhero? Okay, well, that's retarded. Sorry. Um, I don't have a problem with that if he's planned on staying and they were going to do something. All right, we want you to win to look, you know, like old Goldberg, I guess, for lack of a better term. But when you know you're going to have one more fight after that one and you're dropping the title anyway, I doesn't really make any sense to me. This guy... I mean, it sounds like, I mean, they talk about Hogan living his gimmick. Kind of sounds like uh, Bill is uh, living in a fantasy world. Kind of sounds like Bill's a shithead. Well, it sounds like well, to me. Did, didn't he have that reputation previously anyway of being a little bit difficult? I've never, ever understood that it's it, it's a sport where... You pretend to hurt each other, and you try not to hurt each other, but guys care so much about winning and losing. You're getting paid the same no matter what. Doesn't work for me, brother. Like, come on. Yeah, I I don't know. Good Lord. I mean, didn't he never understand? 
didn't he use that that whole angle when he came back the first time that well I have to come back one more time and I've got to win because of my kids? Probably. I mean, Jesus God, I hate Goldberg. I am so over Bill Goldberg. I, I'm just I'm done with him. I don't ever want to see him in a wrestling ring for the rest of my life. I am so no, he, done uh, I... with Goldberg. I don't have a problem with that either. I mean, it it was believable. The, I mean, it would be it would be like they break back Hogan and somehow he's undefeatable still. Well, Hogan did the same thing. He did the job for the Rock at Mania 18, but then immediately won the title the next month. Beat Triple H. Yeah. Okay, but I but was that up to him or not? I don't know. I'm not saying now that I'm not either. sure. A lot a lot of people have said no. A lot of people have said yes. What I've heard is Triple H decided that it should happen. So if that that's my, the case, that then my, I see. That was my under. That was my understanding. But, but I mean, you're right though. If he if he would have demanded, well, I, you know, I, I got a big pop there, and I, I deserve to be the champion again. He should have been told no. Well, WrestleMania nine was enough to sour me on Hulk Hogan. If that tells you anything, after uh, Bret Hart loses to Yokozuna, and then Hogan wins the title belt because we have to have Hogan leave WrestleMania as champion. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh, know why they yeah. did that, but. I don't, I've never understood some of the moves they make, and it's just like, why? You know, I, I don't get it. And, and they cater to these guys like Goldberg. And, and somebody said this to me, Goldberg's wage versus time in the ring has got to be astounding based oh, yeah. on how much money he's made from pro wrestling versus, versus how much time he's actually been in a wrestling ring. Because the dude made, is not known. Name me a good sure. Goldberg match. I will wait. I mean, the guy—they had no problem burying the Undertaker at WrestleMania. So what's so special about Bill Goldberg that he can't lose? Well, the Undertaker is oh. actually, you know, a company guy who does what? Who who actually? Right, but that's, we'll but put young play, talent over. Okay, but that just plays into it, though. I mean, okay, here's, here's the only people who, Goldberg has lost to. All right, are you ready for this? Sit back and wait on Goldberg in terms since he came to WWE. Here is who Goldberg has lost to in singles matches: Triple H, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, Undertaker. That's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Matches he's had in WWE, so I don't know if that's even more impressive because he's had 25 matches and only lost four times. It's just, it's absurd. He beats Brock Lesnar uh, at the Survivor Series, eliminates him from the Royal Rumble, and then finally drops the belt back to him at WrestleMania, goes away, comes back, and and it's 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 the return nobody wants. It's the return well, that nobody asked let's for. Let's be honest. He's a bit of, he's Brock lesnar light in that regard where he's just not held to the same standards as the rest of them for whatever reasons. But I believe but I believe Brock Lesnar can beat a man's ass. I, I, yeah. I can't buy Bill Goldberg beating. Yeah, I don't but buy it, Bill Goldberg beating up some of the talent on that roster. I don't. No, I just true, don't. True, but but it but it it's the that is also part of the problem with Goldberg is that he's got one move sometimes two depending 
He's bought <laughs> that second the, one. That second one he doesn't do very well anymore. He, yeah, he's been well. He doesn't really do either of them very well. He's kind of been botching both of them to some degree. Oh, how um, the fuck you botch a spear for God's sake? Oh, because when you actually hit it, because <laughs> he's done that a couple times. Valid, <laughs> very valid, <laughs> valid point. Yeah, where he speared guys right out of their boots. I mean, it's not supposed to kill a guy. <laughs> um, I mean, mind you, you're talking to a guy who practically kicked uh, Bret Hart's head right off his shoulders. So <laughs> practically, um, yeah, basically so, ended I the mean, man's career. Yeah, pretty much. So I, I don't, you know, it's at least like if you're gonna do it, at least give me a scenario that is somewhat that I can I can at least swallow, even if I'm not 100 percent on board. You know, he comes back and he claws his way through and just barely survives, but somehow wins. Okay, fair enough. But no, he comes back and it's spear, jackhammer, squash, 23 seconds went by. And I'm somehow supposed to believe that this guy who, and up until this point, was unbelievably, everyone was scared shitless of him. Nobody could beat him. And suddenly Goldberg comes out of nowhere and just flattens him in a minute. And the match is over. And it's like, what? But that's Vince. That's Vince McMahon hard at work right there. Yeah. And I'm also over the absolute fact of these title matches are now finisher fests. Uh, really getting on my last nerve. That It's just spam a finisher, spam a finisher, spam a finisher. Really annoying. That's just that's just me. Um, it, it's like a video game, and I'm just not enjoying it at all. So, again, that's that's me... Well, is that? But is that is that some response to the other guys though? For I some, mean, maybe in some, in some way because let's be honest. I mean, whether you like AEW or not, AEW is definitely finisher. They're, they're fucking coming out of everywhere in those matches. Well, they're not. They're not the only ones, and and, and that's no, honestly, but they, they're, they're not. But, but they're the but they're the competition. <clears throat> At least on television, they're the competition. Yeah, and 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 it seems to be over with people who are not WWE fans generally tend to like AEW and don't seem to mind that stuff. And I don't mind it once in a while, but if it's your I mean, big you, show, if it's the if it's the main event of the big show, it doesn't bother me. But when you start doing it in terms of, you know, hey, it's Tuesday in Muskogee at a house show, and you got guys kicking out of finishers, it just doesn't make sense. To me, no, I, I agree. Know. Aggravating, but we got a phone call. We got a call, no, ladies and gentlemen. Me. Welcome back, the one and only caller, Jeff. Hey guys, hope everybody's staying safe. How's everybody going there? Living the dream. How about you, Tim? What do you got for Jeff? I am living la vida loca. Ricky Martin, huh? There you go. <laughs> nice, but. You know, when we had Jeff on last, we brought up a topic that we haven't really discussed uh, since then because we had, you know, a different kind of show on, uh, we had a different kind of show this past week with with TR making a a shocking return uh, for to join us. Ha ha, thank you. Didn't even mean to do it. (laughs) Didn't even mean to do it, did it? But uh, TR made made a comeback and then... Uh, we were going to be talking about, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, not biggest biggest chokes, was it? What? Remind me again what it was, Jeff. We we had talked about. We were going to talk about. Uh, 
this. Well, I think we already did disappointing teams, but yeah, we maybe, did disappointing uh, teams. Was the best games maybe or dis? Um, maybe best games. Uh, well, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go with best games. We'll talk best games. If that's not it what we were supposed to talk about, I, I don't really care. Best games or disappointing games? I can't remember. I don't even know if it's – I don't remember. Let's just talk about best games. This has been a pretty pretty positive episode, Tim, wouldn't you say, for the most part? Yeah, yeah pretty much, except for that okay. well, recent well, talk. Well, of course, but let's talk about positive things. What are some of some, the best games you've ever seen – um, we'll go ahead, uh, our guest, mm. caller Jeff. Well, what's, what's the, some of the best sporting games you've ever seen, whether any sport at all, and let's not count wrestling because wrestling is kind of not, it's a sport, but it's, you know, they kind of plan it out. So I'm not going to count that for this. We can talk wrestling in a little bit if you want, but let's just go ahead with regular sports. Go ahead. Huh. Well, best games. Well, Uh, I believe that, uh, I mean, we want to start with the NFL maybe or whatever sure. sport you want. You can just pick from any sport. I'm not particular. Uh, best games. Well, usually you, you would think if you, best games in NFL, you probably want to, um, look at the highest point in the season, which is, you know, the Super Bowl. And um, I, you know, there's been some there's been some snoozers in the Super Bowl, and there's been some really good games. <laughs> looking at you, uh, snoozers. Looking at looking at you, Denver and Seattle in the Super Bowl, snoozers. Uh, you know, the New England and uh, Seattle Super Bowl. I believe it was forty nine. Um, Correct. Uh, that was that was a really that's you know that was a good was one. A really good game. Yeah. Down to the last play. Yeah, and, pretty uh, much. I mean, the the Atlanta New England Super Bowl was good too, where Atlanta yeah. blows the twenty eight to three lead. Yeah, it was. It seems like all New England's Super Bowls, the ones they lost and won, were like exciting and really good. I mean, the games they lost, the one they lost to the Giants was well, the fourth quarter. Yeah. It was it was really good. Uh, but uh, but you know, the Seattle and then I guess probably the best comeback in history or best. Come back with probably you know, was the um, New England game which you were talking about where they came back and beat Atlanta. But, yeah, uh, I thought the I thought the Rams and uh, Chiefs game there was it two years ago maybe that was a really the defensive good game. struggle. Think, yeah, I think. Oh like no, 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 fifty-one. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I had a a game backwards there. Yes. Yes. The the regular season Rams Chiefs game, uh, the one where no one could stop anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess regular season game that was one of the best games I watched, uh, and it was almost Super Bowl of, of Kansas City, or you know, a repeat if uh, rematch if, if Kansas City would have beat New England there a couple of years ago, but in the AFC title game, but they didn't. But uh, and then New England and Kansas City, or New England and uh, St. Louis, put on a snoozer. My God. Oh yeah, that was yeah. That here you go. That was a snoozer for you. So, um, when I think of great football, especially Super Bowls, I have to go back and think about um, St. Louis and Tennessee, oh, and then one yard. that yeah. one, one yard, 
And then I think about St. Louis and New England um, from 01 with uh, the Vinatieri kick to win it all. Yeah. So I mean, there's yeah, yeah, big upset there. That was that was a good one. Um, When I think of just great games, you know, you brought up the the Kansas City game with uh, the Rams. That one was exciting. Um, The the game between I believe it was um, the Cowboys. And the Eagles, I think it was the Cowboys. It might have been the Giants. And, actually, I think it was the Giants and the Eagles where they punt to Deshaun Jackson and he runs it back for the win oh. on touchdown. The, the miracle in the new Meadowlands is what they Yeah, miracle the in new Meadowlands. I think that was on TV tonight, actually. Yeah, yeah, okay. that was a good one. And the Music City miracle, uh, that was unbelievable. And it, it can only happen to Buffalo. Of course. <laughs> Poor Bless Buffalo. you. <laughs> so Tim's thoughts on Buffalo. Uh, Tim, what about you? Any, any football games that stand out to you? You know, the, the one that really sticks out for me, and this is not an NFL game, mind you. Uh, okay. 2007, Fiesta Bowl. Uh, first first bowl game to appear on all foreign, network, all foreign major networks at the same time. It was telecast on ABC... CBS, NBC, Fox, the 11 and 0 Boise State versus the 11 and 1 Oklahoma Sooners. What with a all game! The trick, with all the trick plays and overtime, that has to simply be the best for me. Anyway, was the best college football game I've ever seen. Yeah, either that, that one, either that well, one, or I'm going to go with USC and Texas. Yeah, for the, the national title, the Rose Bowl. That was a great. That game, game was unreal. Yeah. Um, just crazy. Vince Young puts on a show. Matt Leiner and Richie Bush, their last hurrah there. And, and man, oh man, what a but what I mean, a year! I mean, the Boise State game. It's uh, what twenty-eight to uh, seventeen going into the fourth quarter. Everybody figures there's no way Oklahoma throws up eighteen in the fourth quarter to tie it. Goes into overtime, and then Boise State goes totally crazy with trick play for a touchdown. Goes for two in overtime with a trick play and scores. I mean, I've never seen anything else like it. It was it, crazy. Yeah, I remember. I, I, you know, I was watching it with uh, some of my friends that game, and we were just, you know, just a bowl game to watch, just hang out. And all of a sudden, like you said, it just started to get good. And I believe – Boise State threw a pick six, like with a minute or so yeah. left. Yeah, and, and it looked then, like they were toast. Yeah, right. And they then, they, like you said, they ran that hook and ladder play for a touchdown, and uh, and then you know, in the overtime, they uh, well they they, they, they threw they the ball down, down the field. Yeah, they threw the ball down the field, and then the receiver lateral to another guy running by him. Whatever the I don't yeah. know what the what the name for that is, but. Hook and lateral. And then, uh, Hook and ladder, yeah. Okay, and then I don't even know I don't even know what you call the two point play. A Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. Oh, uh, okay. A modified one though, wasn't it? A little bit? Uh not really? Okay. Well anyway. I don't know the original oh, I mean I'm not hundred percent. But uh but Oklahoma scored a touchdown at the beginning of that overtime and then uh Boise State, like I said, answered, then they, of course they went for two, but they had a lot of guts. I mean, if you go for 
You throw a pick six at the end of the fourth quarter like that, and then come back like that. That took, you know, that took a lot. Well, of he, uh, the coach who I think was uh, Chris Peterson, I believe, for boys, right, right, said uh, they were done. He said it was go for two and make it or lose. He says the defense, we we weren't going to hold them. There was no way we were exhausted. We had a, the defense was finished. Yeah. So he so he figured he might as well. But still, what a ballsy call. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a that's a hero or goat call right there, and it worked out. Um, another one that I think of when I think of college football because I was I was sitting on my couch and. I was watching this game. It was, um, and I, I looked at my dad before the game, or not before the game, but in the fourth quarter, when they lined up to kick the field goal, I said, Dad, he's going to miss this field goal, and it's going to be short, and they're going to run it back. Kick six. Auburn, Alabama, the kick six, and that's exactly what happened. And he looked at me, and he goes, this is on a rerun, isn't it? You're just messing with me. I'm like, I swear to you, I'm not messing with you. I said, I just saw it coming. And yeah. it happened. And the Auburn-Alabama game, kick six. Un, it was it was unbelievable to a lot of people, but I had a feeling. I said, they're going to kick this, and this is a long attempt, and he's just not going to make it. And you've got a backup quarterback, a kicker, and, uh, you know, nine linemen. Nobody's going to catch this guy. He's got to catch two blocks, and he's gone. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and what was really strange about that game, I mean, what what's odd about it was at the uh, at the end, and Alabama went to get out of bounds like the play before the kick, and uh, yeah, time had ran out. But Nick Saban asked to tell him to look at it. Well, they gave him one second. They said he ran out of bounds with one second left, and is you know, probably you know, it turns out now he probably shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> it's hard to tell them. What would have, you know? What What's the old saying? Be careful what you wish for. Right, and uh, like you said, uh, Auburn—they won, won two or three games on a miracle until uh, they went to the Rose Bowl and lost to what, um, Florida State. What, to the, what? What bowl game? I don't even know if it was a bowl game necessarily. Um, I want to say it had somebody from from Southern Cal. It might even have been USC. Where the band ran out onto the field because they thought the game was over. It was California and Stanford. Right, and they lateraled the ball around like absolute craziness, and the yeah. guy ran into the end. And the guy went. I don't into think the end that was a bowl world. game. I think that was just I a regular game. That, that, that was were, a, yeah, that's a that's a rivalry game, and, it and was he the ran over here. He ran into the end zone and just buried one of the guys from the band. Yeah, <laughs> plowed him. Uh, you know what? I decided while we were talking about this, I pulled up, and this is Bleacher Report, so take that with a grain of salt, the 25 greatest college football games of all time. 2006, Ohio State and Michigan. Ohio State 42-39. And That's that, I believe one? they were... The, no, that was 25. Oh, I'll okay. just scroll down. I'll scroll down to number one. If you want to look it up, go ahead and look it up. Uh, we've already mentioned... One. I'd say real quick, I know one was probably whenever Colorado beat uh, Michigan on that Hail Mary and Cordell Stewart threw it like 75 yards at the end of the game. That was that was probably one of the best games I watched as a, you know, as a kid. Texas USC was number one. Uh, number two was Auburn Alabama, the kick six. 
Wow. Number three, Boise State, Oklahoma. Number four, Miami and Nebraska, where uh, Nebraska went for two. And then Ohio State, Miami, the pass, if you remember that. Uh, let's see here. And Boston College, Miami, Flutie's Miracle which, against Miami. Which was, which was a total miracle because that ball was – not really the, that great a throw, in all honesty. Here it is, the big game, Cal Stanford with the band on the field. Uh, Notre Dame in Houston from 1979. Uh, I'm looking for Alabama Penn State is number nine from 1979. Miami beats Florida State in 1991. Um, here's the Colorado-Michigan game from 94. The... Uh, What's it, what, Vince, they have an, the miracle Young, at Michigan, the Vince Young game. Oh, that's um, that was number that one. Was, that was the two thousand and five what two thousand and five Rose Bowl. Two thousand six, I think. Two thousand and five. Yeah, two thousand six. It was two thousand five. Two thousand six. I know the game took place against, in two thousand and six. You dick. It was against, <laughs> and it was the two thousand and five Rose Bowl. You dick. And it was against Michigan, and that's why I know, because you know how I feel about Michigan. Yeah, they. I'm talking about. I'm young. talking about the game between Texas and USC. No, I'm talking about the game between Texas and Michigan, the 2005 yeah. Rose Bowl. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, was, uh, the Rose Bowl was the Wild's house. <laughs> and that was the, that, that was Vince yeah. Young's coming out party because he lit yeah. them up. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh, we talk football. A lot of good football games. Let's talk. Basketball. It's a basketball show. So I was going uh, to say there is no good baseball games, so we can skip that. Well, there's been a few. I mean the Aaron <laughs> Boone, the Aaron Boone home run against home the run. Red Sox. That was pretty cool. Nah. Kurt Reggie Gibson, Jack- Reggie, the- Reggie Jackson against Bob Welch in the World Series is as good as it gets for baseball. Uh, let's see what was uh, of course game the uh, Cardinals and Rangers. Uh, yeah, think. Cardinals Rangers game six. Um, there, there's been there's been some good ones. There, Red, there has Red Sox game six. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. The um, yeah, Bill Buckner. Ah, uh, let's see, top five most exciting basketball games of all time. This is an article here that I'm just looking at. But before I look at it, what's some of your guys' top five? Or maybe just give me give me a couple that you, when you when I hear. Greatest games of all time. It can be college or pro. What's yeah, the, okay. well, what do you think the, of? The, the flu game, the Michael Jordan flu game is right up there for me. Yeah, it's a good one. I agree with um, that. The game six, uh, uh, the game six game between where Jordan hits the jumper to beat the Jazz. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah that uh, was a good game. Fair enough. When um, I think great games, there's two games that come to mind from the college world. I think of the national title game between UConn and North Carolina. Sorry, Jeff, I know. Or but the, uh, North Carolina? Yeah, Villanova. Villanova. That's what I meant, Villanova. Yes, yes. And the other one, well, three games, actually. The NC State-Georgetown game. And I think of the UConn-Syracuse six-overtime Basketball game in the Big East tournament. Yeah, 
which was one of the yeah. most ridiculous basketball games I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. I stayed up and watched all that. I watched yeah, it too, I, and it was late. <laughs> it was very late. I, I got to throw in there um, Michigan, yeah, yeah, or Michigan Duke with a timeout that they did. That was have, North Carolina. But, or, okay, okay, that that one's got to count. Christian Leitner's got to count as much as yeah, yeah. the jumper over Kentucky. Yeah. Who was the I will, sixteen seed that beat the one seed? That game's got to count. Oh yeah, uh, UMBC that beat Virginia. Yeah, that's got to count. Just because it's a sixteen and a one, that's got to count. They dominated them, dude. It wasn't even close. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say the Big Twelve semifinal game, and this is because I'm a homer. West Virginia and Oklahoma, where Buddy Hield hits the half court jumper at the buzzer, and he thinks they've beat West Virginia, but the shot didn't count because he didn't release it in time. <laughs> Sorry, and that, Homer. And that, and that was a, a win courtesy of Jim Justice. <laughs> that, that piece of shit. Um, <laughs> NBA, oh. uh, the game that sticks out to me the most is the uh, game four of the Lakers-Kings Western Conference Final where Divock deflects the ball out or he catches it for the winner. Uh, the Lakers and Trailblazers, where the Lakers complete the comeback and beat the Trailblazers in Game 7 to go to the finals with Shaq and Kobe. Another great one. Um, Raptors 76ers. Kawhi Leonard yeah. metallic that, hey. bouncing last second shot. That was another good one. That was a great game. Great was a game. Good Nobody game, can but, doubt it, but it also, I mean, the situational because it was Toronto and first time they won, first time a Canadian team won and all that really helps too. Yeah, if they don't win, that was Game Seven too. So that was that was big, which, a big shot. Which to go back, which to go back to baseball, I would have to throw in there the Blue Jays versus the Philadelphia Phillies. Joe Carter homers off of Mitch Williams. Mitch and, Williams. And, Touch and, them all, and, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger one. And ends Mitch Williams' career. Yeah. How about the uh, to go back to the NFL? How about the? Um, Mike, who was it? Uh, it was the the Colts and the Steelers, where Mike Vanderjack misses the kick after Roethlisberger makes the game-saving tackle, the shoestring tackle, and the Steelers on Jerome Bess's fumble at the goal line. I don't know if you guys remember that. I remember, yeah. Oh, man, unreal game. Jeff, Jeff remembers all things, but I'll, I'll bet he, you does. he doesn't remember. I'll bet you he doesn't remember this though, Nate, and you might. Okay. That great, that great 1983 classic between um, Mike Cornbroom Smith. Oh man, Cornbroom, my man, and, and John Beaver Pelt Brown in the oh, Canadian uh, curling championships. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Came down to a final stone. It did. Unreal. Well, it does. Unreal. What's what's sweeping by the front end of the? Uh, uh, corn corn broom team, unbelievable. Never it it was ridiculous. Like never never seen anything like it. And Swift. that that was before. And that was before they allowed the Swiffer like brooms. That was back That's when right. you were out I mean, there. Yeah, yeah. They swept that rock like uh, barkeeps swept Tom Robinson out of bars at closing in uh, Delco. 
Yeah, it was it was it was what what a great. <laughs> of course, don't forget you. Don't forget you had Mark Maple Johnson on the call. He was killing it that night. Oh, so and, was, and, uh, and Howie and Howie Meeker. Never forget. Of Howie course, Meeker. Howie Meeker. Howie Sweet. Meeker, but. <laughs> Oh man. Uh let's look at uh just any other games that you guys can think of that, that you, you know, really You know what I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a real one out there and neither of you is gonna know because it's soccer. Ah. Uh the leave the year was nine it was nineteen ninety something. Soccer has the uh the the, the the triple crown of soccer when you win your own league, the FA Cup, which is all the teams in England. And then the Champions League, which is all the league winners in Europe. The score is one to nothing. It's Bayern Munich from Germany against Manchester United from England. It's one nothing. Manchester United scores twice in 45 seconds in soccer and wins the game two to one. That's crazy. In extra time. Not oh, even during extra right. time. In extra oh. time. The guy says it's it's the it's one of the weirdest clips you'll ever see. The guy says, "Well, that's you know, there's a minute left in extra. They got five minutes of extra time, and there's a minute left. Bayern Munich's got their names on the trophy." And no sooner did he say it than they scored the first time, and they went right back down and got a corner kick and scored again, and the game was over. I've huh. never seen guys look so utterly defeated. You know, 94 minutes of being ahead. And in 40 seconds, the game is over and you've lost and you got nothing. Well, never forget, you know, the immaculate reception. Uh, that was a good one. You know, I thought you were going to go with uh, the, the immaculate conception. It was uh, also a soccer goal by Diego Maradona where he. <laughs> yes. It is where he, he went down. They were losing or it was one to one. He got a breakaway, but he clearly like literally palms the soccer ball oh you mean the hand of god yeah like like a carry in basketball literally and they called it the hand of god goal yeah yeah and no no call and scored unbelievable of course the miracle on ice you can always go to that jordan shot uh to win the to win the conference first round over elo unbelievable you know, the, miracle so on, the miracle on ice is particularly good because it wasn't that game really wasn't even for anything. It was just, uh, part of the uh, of the round robin. It wasn't like a medal game or anything. I thought it was a semifinal. No, I don't think so. Certainly wasn't for gold I'm, anyway. I know that it wasn't for gold. I'm that pretty game sure to get to, to the gold yeah. medal. Round. To get to the gold medal game, the winner of that went to the gold medal game because the Russians won the bronze. Do you think you know the guys from that team? I think maybe one of them, maybe two, had even a cup of coffee in the NHL after that point. Those they were just the right guys in the right moment with the right coach. Herb Brooks, unreal for you, for you Americans who don't know. Uh, what's uh, Tim? What, what? How about the, what's the best hockey game you watched? Uh, there's been a couple. Um, obviously, uh, Canada U.S. 2010 gold medal game in overtime. Yes. Well, you can't beat an overtime game. And then I'll go uh, Boston Bruins Toronto Maple Leafs first round of the playoffs in 20. 
16, maybe 2017, not sure. Uh, it's 5-1 to one for Toronto in Game 7. The Bruins score four times in the third period and then score in overtime to win. That was unreal. There's been some good ones. I mean, there's been some classics. Uh, Montreal, for sure. Montreal Canadiens versus the Russian Red Army in 1976 on New Year's Eve. 3-3 three three tie. Probably the greatest hockey game ever played. Or 4-4 four four tie, excuse me. That's I probably... like to... Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's, that's, I was just saying, that was probably the best played hockey game I ever saw. I liked uh, Steve Irishman's uh, double overtime goal against the Blues in Game 7. I don't know if you remember that. I think it was 97 or 98. Whose overtime game again? Stevie Wobb the... for the Red Wings. Oh, I, oh the, the slap shot over the... Yeah. Over the shoulder of Grant Fear, yeah, that's a classic. Yeah. Yeah, there's been there's been some great games. Um, NBA, there's one. It was a Western Conference, I think, semifinal. The Lakers and the Spurs, where Tim Duncan hit an unreal jump shot with just uh, with there were he shot it with like two seconds on the clock, and there was four tenths of a second left. And the Spurs are winning, and Derek Fisher hits a shot, four tenths of a second. He just touched it off of his hand to get the shot up for the, and the Lakers ended up winning. Yeah, uh, was crazy. That he was, was the last option uh, on that play. <laughs> yeah, he was the only guy open though. I mean, kind of got to do what you got to uh, do. I can't forget that last minute three pointer by uh, Ed Bogus for the Department of Corrections versus the uh, uh, motor vehicle back in uh, 1994. In the yeah, that was over, big. Over, in the in the Shinston over twenty five league at that point. Yeah, yeah, he had just eaten an entire manicotti that day too, so it was really impressive. Wow, well, okay, that's not really saying that much because that's pretty much. Well, I mean, that, that's his pre game meal. His pre game meal was a manicotti, a pound of fries, and a shake. But nevertheless, he uh, really took it to him <laughs> well, out there. Gotta, I mean, back in the day, they used to carb load, right? You know. Yeah. Carbo well, that was a... yeah, well, yeah. Remember, I mean, hockey players used to eat like literally, like unbelievable amounts of pasta an hour before a game. Pasta, <laughs> pasta, which they pasta. wouldn't be caught, which they wouldn't be caught dead doing now. <laughs> pasta, what the hell's pasta? <laughs> well, was, what are you Americans retarded? You don't know what pasta is? Pasta, pasta. <laughs> Pasta, pasta spaghetti. Pasta. <laughs> pasta, pasta spaghetti. Pasta is the guy that preaches pasta. to you on Sundays at church. That's the pasta. No, pasta no, that, spaghetti. That, that would be the lunatic <laughs> in West Virginia. in Chicago. Chicago. Have you ever? Have you ever? Heard, can you tell the difference between? Have you ever been able to tell the difference between a guy from Boston trying to ask you where his car keys are? It sounds like he's asking you for a pair of pants. Hey, where's my car keys? <laughs> Where'd I park the car? <laughs> well, I know where they parked it. A, they parked it at the Italian restaurant where they get some pasta. Uh, fuck, fuck you. We say pasta here. <laughs> fuck my balls. I don't care. <laughs> Fucking rednecks. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'm going. 
Fuck you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to wrap up the show for tonight so Tim can go have his pasta for have dinner. Some pasta, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable right. the shit I take on this show. <laughs> Fuck America. Hey, after the shit you put me through editing that song, you deserve a little of this. I, right, told you, I told you you didn't have to do it, so screw you. Oh uh, man! <laughs> I hope I yeah. hope I hope West Virginia gets like New York like numbers tomorrow. I'm what? sure we will because I'm sure we will because we've got morons down here. But nevertheless, hope everybody we'll staying safe. You guys need to start eating some pasta. That's all. Yeah, I we know. better eat our pasta. Do you put cheese on your pasta? If I really do, I swear to God, I do. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's gonna do it for this edition of White Beat Can't Jump. No, I hope everybody enjoyed. Fuck, fuck you. Oh. I'm not finished. I'll keep talking. Screw you. You guys can leave. I'll talk about pasta and Marco Paolo and who the guy who <laughs> brought it over from China. Oh, we all know we have an accent, Tim. You don't have to remind us. We already know. No, aren't you? Aren't you guys the idiots who voted for Jim Justice? And or, or uh, not about, me, not me, my of, friend. And thought about putting Don Blankenship into some. I, I didn't power? think about that. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Somebody oh, did because he is the governor. He's the governor for God's sake. Yeah, we, and we're still trying to figure out how that happened. But nevertheless. We're all too busy eating pasta. Yeah, we were apparently. <laughs> That's not, listen. Don't feel bad. My dad called it sketty for all my life, so it's okay. <laughs> I don't care. I don't make fun of your guys' God. bullshit. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> I know. I'm just fucking with you. I don't I care. Know. Oh man. Well, guys, so we, we hope you enjoyed this edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. Jeff, gonna, always good having you on. Stick around, uh, Jeff. After we sign off. We'll talk uh, on on the phone, so don't hang up. And uh, Tim, anything you want to add? Everybody enjoy the show. You you know where to find us. I'm going to go save a tree and eat a beaver, so I'll be back. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. We'll see you next time. Tim, send us home. No, I don't want to, and you can't make me. Screw you. Somebody's had a little too much pasta. I got a bellyache. Got a bellyache beating all that pasta. <laughs> too much pasta. Too, too much, much pa- pasta. Too much pasta in my palate. Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? He said Olive, Olive Garden. Olive Garden. Yeah, I know what that is. We got one of them. Oh, free bread sticks. Everybody have a good one. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at Facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, and Stay Classy Meats, 
Well, you can check them out at stayclassymeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.